here and welcome back to the next big thing in health, a podcast from AHIP. I'm your co-host, Laura Evans. And on today's special episode, we focus on AHIP's 2023 state of the industry. Recently, AHIP's president and CEO and my co-host, Matt Isles, took the time to highlight the challenges and opportunities that the new year will bring for the healthcare industry, particularly the idea that progress in healthcare policy is possible. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes of The Next Big Thing in Health. A healthy market facilitates choice and competition. It means that people at the end of the day will be able to go uh, get the healthcare that they need, when they need it, where they need it, at a price that they can afford. The problem with less competition in markets today means that consumers have fewer choices and they're paying more for healthcare. Think about a hospital system that is just one in an area. If you had two, three, four uh, that were competing for the business of treating patients, it would force hospitals to compete not just on price, but on quality, uh, and make sure that at the end of the day, costs were lower. And we know that that would benefit patients and other people that are paying for healthcare. We can make markets more competitive by improving transparency. This is not something that health insurance providers alone can solve. We need to work with government partners. We need to work with other participants in the healthcare system to make sure that we're getting new choices to come in to reduce prices, to make sure that healthcare is more affordable, accessible, higher quality, and of course, lower cost for consumers. for attending our State of the Industry event. I really appreciate you taking the time today. And I see that we have participants from inside the Beltway and across the states representing members of Congress, regulatory leaders, state leaders, members of the press, business and industry, and other organizations focused on healthcare. And together, you represent essential voices in healthcare, policy, innovation. And I'm looking forward to your question. So why don't we go ahead and dive right in. And before we can talk about the state of the industry, I think it's important to just reflect for a moment on how we're starting off 2023 as a nation. And, you know, early Saturday morning, I think we were all watching closely. House members uh, of the new Congress were sworn in with a Republican majority in the House and a Democratic majority in the Senate. Of course, that means divided government. And with divided government at the federal level, we know a lot of Americans are concerned that the next two years in Washington may be dominated by gridlock with very little getting accomplished. Now, some might view that positively, others not so much. But against that backdrop, I'm generally optimistic that there are some key areas of agreement and common ground, and several of them are in healthcare. So why don't we maybe start with some of the challenges and what individuals and families are experiencing. And I think across America, inflation, rising prices are squeezing household budgets. I think we're all very well aware of that. 
consumers, businesses, and elected officials, I think more than anything, are focused on affordability. And in healthcare, we know that that is the top concern. It's you know no nowhere more evident than than really in our healthcare system. And over the past three years or so, our healthcare system has been tested in extraordinary ways, ways really that no one could have predicted. But in many ways, health insurance providers, I think, met the challenges of the historic COVID-19 pandemic, which we're still working through. And health insurance providers you know, came together early on with private market and public sector partners to ensure Americans had access to therapies and vaccines. We embraced telehealth new technologies and new flexibilities to ensure patients had access to the care they needed. We worked to ensure that seniors and other vulnerable populations had access to transportation, nutrition, in-home health care, and other non-traditional benefits and services that proved to be so valuable to so many Americans. We addressed some unique challenges with respect to access faced by rural America through projects like the Pennsylvania Rural Health Model in which insurance providers collaborated to provide more consistent funding through global payments to rural hospitals. We worked with healthcare providers to reduce administrative burdens in a way that protected patients and purchasers of healthcare. And we found new ways to overcome workforce shortages, especially in the areas of access to mental health. Today, we are evolving from the COVID-19 pandemic. And while the public health emergency was extended again just earlier today, we know it's not gonna last forever. And now, appropriately so, Americans are calling for public and private sector leaders to come together to make healthcare more accessible and affordable for everyone. And we know that this is no small task, but I wanna highlight some important trends and developments before we jump in to some of our Q&A. We need to address an unprecedented workforce shortage. The Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates that our healthcare system will need more than 200,000 new registered nurses each year as the need and demand for healthcare access expands, the population continues to age and retiring nurses rotate out of the workforce. The Association of American Medical Colleges reported that an anticipated shortage of 120,000 physicians overall, including a shortfall of between 14,800 and 49,300 primary care practitioners by 2030. And we also know that healthcare worker burnout is a major concern. I recently saw a Bain survey that found that about 25% of clinicians are thinking about leaving the healthcare field entirely and along the same lines, an MGMA survey found that more than a third of physicians were considering early retirement. At the same time, though, we're seeing an unprecedented demand for mental health care. At the height of the pandemic, a Kaiser Family Foundation study found that 40% of adults reported symptoms of anxiety or depression compared with only 11% pre-COVID. Now, this percentage has dipped to 33% earlier last year, but it's still much, much higher than pre-pandemic levels. And the mental healthcare workforce shortage is particularly acute for children and teenagers. And HHS estimates that in two years, the nation will have 10,000 fewer mental health professionals than it needs. 
Substance use disorder is another public health emergency which affects more than 20 million Americans aged 12 and over. And from April 2020 to April 2021, nearly 92,000 people in the U.S. fatally overdosed on drugs, the single highest reported death toll during a 12-month period. At the same time, we've added new innovative drugs, treatments, and therapies to our healthcare armamentarium, some of which show meaningful clinical promise to help more people live longer, healthier lives. But far too often, we know that they are tremendously expensive, putting them out of reach for patients who need them most and creating enormous strains on our healthcare system. I don't know if you saw, but a recent JAMA analysis reported by Reuters found that the median price of a new drug in 2022 was over $220,000. That's about the same cost as the average annual health insurance premium for 10 families. Now, working together, we need to figure out how to correctly price these treatments and then how to pay for them. At the same time, we continue to expand the application of innovative new tools and technologies, integrating artificial intelligence and using advanced data analytics to provide new opportunities to deliver better service, better care, and better value. But as technology evolves and information becomes more readily available, protecting data privacy becomes even more important. We know that Americans want their data protected. 90% want tech companies held to the same high standard and scrutiny as health insurance providers and other healthcare entities when it comes to protecting their information. Personal health information should be protected no matter who holds the data. And as data becomes more interoperable, entities that collect, use, store, or disclose consumer health information should be required to comply with HIPAA or new HIPAA-like protections. We've also learned a lot of important lessons about health equity and disparities, how they impact millions of Americans, particularly those in historically underinvested or underrepresented communities, and taking action. Our Vaccine Community Connectors Program not only put more than 2 million shots in the arms when vaccines were badly needed, but showed us how smart use of data can help us tackle longstanding health challenges, including many chronic conditions that impact some populations more than others. Now, we need to measure, address, and scale driven uh, data-driven solutions to ensure that everyone in America has an equal opportunity to thrive and achieve their best health. And last year, AHIP devoted significant energy and resources to align stakeholders in a coordinated fashion to make real progress on demographic data standards. And without such standards, we will perpetuate our fragmentation, our duplication, our inefficiency, and fail to advance our health equity efforts further and faster to the benefit of patients everywhere. Finally, we've made huge strides in ensuring more Americans have the financial security and peace of mind that health insurance offers. Now, we have to work to protect those achievements. During the individual market and open enrollment period that ends next week, nearly 16 million Americans have signed up for ACA marketplace coverage through healthcare.gov and state marketplaces. This is more than a double-digit increase from last year. 
Seniors and people with disabilities continue to choose Medicare Advantage because it provides better services, better access to care, and better value than original Medicare. For over two decades, MA has served as a prime example of the government and private market working together, and we're on the cusp of MA enrollment topping 30 million. We've also seen the important role that Medicaid plays in covering about one in four Americans, including children, older and lower income adults, people with disabilities, and veterans. However, as America begins the process to ensure Americans with Medicaid are eligible for this coverage, we need to ensure a smooth transition through the redeterminations process. Projections show that up to 16 million people could lose coverage after the expiration of the public health emergency, including nearly 6.7 million children. And with national uninsured rates at historic lows, our industry is committed to working with all stakeholders to make sure that as many Americans as possible remain covered. Now let's turn our attention for a few minutes to challenges and opportunities and solutions before jumping into our dialogue. And as we enter the new year, health insurance providers look forward to leading efforts in partnership with federal and state policymakers to implement real solutions to improve our healthcare system. Solutions that deliver high value and return and that have bipartisan support. Let's start with one area, uh, competition, where AHIP has been deeply involved. First, we need to focus on competition and the role it can play in providing Americans with more healthcare choices, greater access, and better quality at lower costs. Last year, AHIP launched our Healthier People Through Healthier Markets initiative. It's our roadmap for improving affordability and access for everyone by improving competition in 10 key areas of our healthcare system. These include supporting patients' choice of telehealth, stopping dominant health systems from using their monopoly power to stifle negotiation and innovation, and stopping drug manufacturers from engaging in patent games. Without robust competition, healthcare providers and systems can charge exorbitant prices that drive up out-of-pocket costs and insurance premiums. Just one example, hospital concentration has been linked to average annual marketplace insurance premiums that are 5% higher that, than are in less concentrated areas. And over the last decade, private equity acquisitions of hospitals and healthcare companies have risen sharply as some unscrupulous entities seek to generate outsized financial returns for their own benefit. And the soaring interest from some PE firms raises important questions about what does this mean for our nation's healthcare system and for the future of healthcare? Consumers and businesses know and understand the impact this lack of competition has on healthcare. So as we look to 2023, we'll continue to prioritize reforms that remove some of the incentives and opportunities for PE firms and others to exploit patients for profit. Let's turn to mental health. The pandemic continues to demonstrate that mental health is an issue for everyone, whether it's coping with stress and anxiety, man managing a mental health condition or confronting substance use disorders, Americans of all ages need access to mental health support. Mental health is also a major equity issue, especially in historically underinvested or underrepresented communities that are more often forced to contend with social factors such as unstable housing, greater uncertainty in the job market, and systemic racism. Last year, 
AHIP's board of directors released a detailed statement reinforcing our mental health advocacy priorities, and our members are taking action. Health insurance providers are working to expand our healthcare system's capacity and increase the number of mental health and substance use disorder practitioners in health plan networks. They're developing in-home mental health programs, adding behavioral health beds, training employees on mental health parity, staffing crisis hotlines, and providing virtual resources. We're committed to improving affordability, access, quality, and results for everyone seeking mental health support. Now let's turn to the high cost of treatments and therapies. And there's no question that innovative therapies and treatments, including prescription drugs and others can save lives or provide breakthrough cures. But we all know that a therapy is useless if no one can afford it. And we've long said that the problem is the price. And we still think that that's very true. Look, we know drug prices are set and controlled by big pharma and big pharma alone. And if they wanted to lower prices, they could do so now. But another recent report just found that big pharma rang in 2023 by continuing its tradition of new year price increases on existing and old drugs, making healthcare and health insurance more expensive for everyone. Too often, pharmaceutical companies abuse the patent system to prevent more affordable drugs from disrupting their monopolies over the drug marketplace. Generic and biosimilar medications save money, yet Big Pharma takes advantage of a broken system by both increasing prices of brand name drugs and blocking affordable generics and biosimilars. Federal and state policymakers can fix this system by holding Big Pharma accountable. Hospitals and physicians' offices routinely mark up the price of physician-administered drugs, too, forcing patients and purchasers to pay more for their life-saving treatments. The same specialty pharmacies that hospitals use can safely distribute these drugs at a lower cost and preventing hospitals and physicians from imposing exorbitant markups and fees on patients. Copay coupons and copay assistance programs also sound helpful, but actually serve one purpose, to pad Big Pharma's bottom line for insured patients. And they drive up premiums and costs for Americans. And you shouldn't need a coupon to afford a life-saving medication. Today, over 22 cents out of every premium dollar is spent on prescription drugs. And finding and implementing solutions to the high prices of drugs is critical, especially when too many Americans are forced to choose between paying bills and getting the life-saving medicines that they need. Let's turn for a moment to data privacy. And every day we know new technologies are emerging that will help consumers access their data. And this is important. Having access to personalized, actionable healthcare information empowers consumers to make more informed decisions. But as the world becomes more digital, protecting consumer health information is essential. Many third-party apps are outside any regulatory framework for protecting personal private healthcare information, and it can also be used for marketing and sold for all sorts of commercial purposes. AHIP's core principles on protecting consumer health information are a roadmap to give consumers the peace of mind they deserve in knowing that their data is secure. And finally, we must absolutely maintain our focus on addressing health disparities and health equity. And AHIP has tackled this issue head on 
I already mentioned earlier our Vaccine Community Connectors program. But last year, our Health Equity Workgroup finalized and vetted demographic data standards for race, ethnicity, language, disability status, sexual orientation, gender identity, veteran status, and spiritual beliefs to facilitate the collection of information by health insurance providers and others so that we have the data that we need to better identify and act on healthcare disparities. And we're going to continue to build on this work to ensure that working together with public sector partners, the private market, and community partners, no one gets left behind. Let's turn to a really critical issue on the horizon with Medicaid redeterminations. And since the COVID-19 crisis, the number of Americans who rely on Medicaid has grown substantially. Today, almost 90 million Americans have access to healthcare and coverage through Medicaid. And this coverage was protected during COVID-19 by requiring states to pause annual eligibility determinations in exchange for additional federal matching funds to help cover the cost of that coverage. With the passage of the recent omnibus bill a few weeks ago, we now know that Medicaid redeterminations can begin on April 1st, regardless of when the COVID-19 public health emergency ends. In fact, the Urban Institute recently estimated that if the PHE expires in April 2023, 18 million Americans will lose Medicaid coverage in the following 14 months. What's more, tens of millions of Americans who currently receive Medicaid coverage still don't know that this coverage could be terminated when states resume their regular Medicaid renewal process. That's why it's critically important that redeterminations be conducted in a manner that ensures people who continue to meet the eligibility requirements and are not disenrolled due to administrative barriers and those who are no longer meeting requirements are transitioned to other coverage. And to protect Americans from losing access to health insurance coverage, States must actively communicate with Medicaid enrollees and, where necessary, facilitate a smooth transition from Medicaid to other types of coverage, including marketplace and employer-sponsored coverage. With four out of five Medicaid enrollees served by Medicaid-managed care programs, health insurance providers are committed to playing an important and positive role to maintain coverage. Simply, we're committed to protecting healthcare access and coverage for almost 90 million Americans who depend on strong and effective Medicaid coverage and the Medicaid program. So let me close with a couple final remarks that healthcare is about serving people and that's what health insurance providers do. And we're committed to ensuring that Americans can live their fullest, most productive life with access to affordable health care that ensures their financial health and well-being. And as we start 2023, there's opportunities to make a difference by addressing many of the issues that I touched on and more. Well, I, I think that brings us about to time. And thank you, everyone, for joining today's event. We really look forward to continuing this robust discussion throughout the year and beyond. And also, I'll, I'll just hope and make a note that hope that you might be able to join us at our 2023 Healthcare Policy Forum in Washington, D.C., March 14th through March 16th. And mark your calendars uh, for June, AHIP 2023, June 13th through the 15th uh, in Portland, Oregon. Hope to see you out there too. So uh, take care. Hope you have a great year. 
and we'll be back in touch soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>